due to the COVID-19 health emergency, board members are participating in this meeting remotely via video conference, and they are participating in the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For members of the public who wish to make public comment, the phone number to use is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2496-893-7338. Then press pound and press pound again. When your item of interest is called, dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. You may address the board once per agenda item for up to two minutes. Item number one, call to order. Director Sen? Present. Director Dunlop? Present. Director Richardson? Present. Director Breston? Present. Director Howard? Howard absent. Supervisor Dorsey, Dorsey absent. We do have a quorum. Okay, thank you. Um, next item. Uh, I'd just like to say Happy New Year's to everybody, to the board. Um, we really accomplished a lot last year. The infrastructure that has, you know, the progress we've made on the utilities, on the roads, on the causeway, on uh, the new parks, it's amazing. And there's more to come this year. So um, glad to see all of you. And um, hopefully we'll have a productive uh, new year. So um, let's open, yeah, open up to general public comment. Item number two, general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to address the Treasure Island Development Authority Board on matters that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the Authority Board and that do not appear on today's agenda. In addition to general public comment, public comment will be held during each item on the agenda. I'm seeing no public comment. Okay, um, next item, please. Item number three, resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code, section 54953E. Okay. So Second. Okay, so it's been moved and seconded. I'll, I think you have to do the roll call, Kate. Yes, Director Sun. Uh, aye. Director Dunlop. Aye. Director Richardson. Aye. Director Breston. Aye. Thank you. There are four ayes. Okay, thank you. That resolution passes. Um, next item, please. Uh, item number four. Yes, and, and can I, um, just before the report by um, Director Bob Beck, I believe LaShondra, our board member, would like to make um, some comments in memory of a resident who has just passed. So LaShondra, I'll give you the floor. Thank you. I just wanted to acknowledge that on November 14th, um, we lost a very, very um, dear parent council member, resident, mother, and parent on Treasure Island. Her name was Chalice Miller. Many of you are familiar with Chalice. We were neighbors and very good friends for over 15 years. She brought a lot to the island from the Boys and Girls Club to the recent meetings involving the redevelopment. I just wanted to acknowledge that her presence on the island was will definitely be missed and that we're all just a greater community for knowing her. And I just wanted to, you know, in the new year, just, you know, just 
put out that sentiment of gratitude for the community that Treasure Island has managed to build up to this point. And just to say that we look forward to the redevelopment and happy new year to everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lashandra, for that memory. Um, and Bob, we'll go to you for your comment. Uh, thank you. And I just wanted to, to uh, echo Director Breston's comments. Uh, Latrice was a, a regular attendee at our on-island board meetings, at uh, Halloween events and other on-island community events and, um, and will be missed. Um, sorry. Um, I wanted to start um, my report today. Uh, we, we voted on item three today uh, to have the remote meeting. Um, and did want to highlight for members of uh, the board and for people listening in the public that we did have recent guidance come out just this morning from the city attorney's office. Um, and we anticipate that we will resume in-person meetings of the title board in March. Um, we'll have a more thorough update on that at our next board meeting. Um, also want to acknowledge that we do have a new board member who was approved by the Board of Supervisors, Jeanette Howard, uh, with the Nature Conservancy. And there's an additional board member, uh, Nabiha Azim, whose appointment has been uh, forwarded uh, by the, the uh, mayor's office to the Board of Supervisors. And um, she will likely be considered by the Board of Supervisors next month. I also wanted to uh, mention uh, just the, the, the work uh, ongoing since New Year's Eve to assess and address um, the storms that have uh, hit the Bay Area uh, and here on the island. We, we have had many areas uh, with standing water uh, that we will need to continue to work uh, to clean and improve drainage. Um, that water uh, has also um, caused many manhole uh, potholes uh, to emerge or worsen. We did lose five trees on the island uh, on January 4th and 5th, and we did have to reinforce some slope stabilization measures on, on Yerba Buena Island as part of the, the, uh, <clears throat> the storm. There was a uh, yesterday, um, there was a power outage um, on North Point and Gateview Court. Uh, the, the lightning that we had yesterday caused uh, several fuses on the distribution line to, to blow, um, but the outage was, was limited to that area and, and power was restored in a couple of hours. Um, throughout the storm, um, Ida has been providing uh, status and situation updates to the city's uh, storm emergency operations center. And uh, Peter Somerville of Ida staff um, also supported the emergency operation uh, center um, as in a disaster service worker role um, for a short-term assignment. Uh, with that, I would like to invite uh, Nella to, to, with One Treasure Island to, to give an update. Thank you, Bob. Good afternoon, directors, and happy new year to everyone. Um, before I move on, I just want to share my sentiments as well about Trelise Miller. She was a wonderful human being, 
uh, very funny and 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 uh, just liked by all. So she will be missed. Um, I'm going to start with have a short report today. Um, you know, the holidays were uh, just here and we were closed for um, the last two weeks of the holidays. But in uh, December and in January, we have seen an increase in our pantry for the month of December. We went to right around 120 households to 158 households. And so uh, we anticipate that that will probably drop down. Um, part of the reason that was is because we gave away hams and turkeys right before the holiday to any island resident who wanted one. And so uh, that went very well. We were very pleased with that. Um, in January on the 9th, our Did she, mm, she yes. was, she's yes. so different. Seems that she may have frozen. Okay. Looks, yeah, it looks like Nella has frozen. I'll, I'll reach out to her separate. Yeah. Maybe again, she can log off. The key word is island news. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes. now we can. We, we lost you for uh, a, a few moments, but uh, you can hear you now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It said my connection was a little unstable. So hopefully it'll, I'll get through the rest of it. I don't have too much longer. Um, so I wanted to say that we um, launched our mass texting program through an app called Textedly. And it's the key word is Island News, all capital letters. Um, and we are collecting names of residents and businesses who are interested in receiving texts on a weekly basis um, about activities and events on the island, services as well, and any um, major changes in um, the, the travel or transportation on the island. So we're excited about that. Our goal is to have 500 names within uh, by the end of March and then take it from there. And so far, so good. If any of you are interested in um, receiving um, the text messages, please uh, do let me know and we will make sure to have that texted to your phone and then you will receive updates again on events, activities, all things Treasure Island. And then um, lastly, our um, along with the holidays, our resource line, we handed out over $5,000 um, in gift cards um, to island residents in November and December. And so we received a lot of positive feedback from residents saying that it really helped them get through the holidays. And we will be celebrating Martin Luther King holiday um, through some social media posts on, uh, on Monday. And we're excited to be working with the Parent Council to plan um, Black History, a Black History Month celebration. And so more to come um, with that. And uh, with that, that is the um, end of my report. Thank you, Nella. Um, a few other items of, of island-wide interest. Uh, the uh, Treasure Island Mobility Management Agency is continuing to plan for the uh, pilot autonomous vehicle uh, shuttle program. Um, they're, they're targeting March for a start of service and are planning a uh, a day in mid-February where people will be able to come and see the vehicles and ask questions. Um, the dates and the location uh, of, of the 
February event are, are to be finalized, but we'll be distributing a flyer when that information is finalized. And it will be after the date of our February board meeting. So we'll be able to provide a more detailed update in February. Uh, the public library is installing a self-service book kiosk at the Island Cove Market. <clears throat> um, and that'll be going in in, in late, late January, early February. Uh, it's similar to a, a Redbox DVD machine uh, that will be uh, pre-stocked with, with books that users can check out using their, their public library card. Um, and that'll be in addition to the bookmobile service that will continue on the island. Um, SF Card and One Treasure Island are hosting a, an emergency preparedness workshop this Saturday uh, at the Shipshape. Uh, the event is free um, and pre-registration is, is required. Uh, full information on the event is, is in the communications package for this month's meeting. <clears throat> Um, for uh, parcel E 1.2, which is across the street from Hangar 3, this is the site where we anticipate developing uh, the Health Right 360 replacement housing in partnership with <clears throat> the uh, Department of Public Health, as well as developing uh, a number of um, senior housing units. Um, we anticipate going to Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development's Loan Committee on January 20th to secure pre-development funding to move that project forward. Um, TIDA, Public Works, and developer staff are working to issue uh, determinations of completeness for the Yerba Buena Island and Treasure Island subphase one and two roadways and other infrastructure. Uh, this will be the first step in the acceptance process for that for that completed infrastructure. Um, the Southgate project uh, under the management of the Transportation Authority is nearing completion and is likely to be open uh, towards the end of February. Uh, the transfer of the underlying property from the U.S. Coast Guard to TIDA has been delayed, so we may need to bring um, an interim license between TIDA and the Coast Guard to the next board meeting. Uh, in order to open uh, that project. Uh, we did have a, a filming event on the island in hangars two and three uh, in December, where there was three weeks of, of filming uh, in the hangars. Also in, in December, the Navy finalized two significant reports. Um, the first was a site 12 conceptual site model update and the second um, a site investigation report for the 1400 series housing. Um, these uh, 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 document the understanding between the Navy and the regulators of where materials are located and how they came to be in the residential neighborhood and will lay the groundwork for the next phase of work that the Navy will be doing over the next um, 12 to 18 months, which is a feasibility study addendum uh, for, for the cleanup program in Site 12. Uh, so that, that will be the bulk of the Navy's 2023 work. Uh, and although they will continue to be doing uh, investigations uh, for PFOS. Uh, and that concludes my report for this month. Okay, thank you.
Thank you, Bob. Um, let's open it up to questions by the board. Yes. And, I, and I see Mike has his hand up. So you and then um, Linda. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Bob, for that um, information. I had uh, first a, a question um, about the, the Navy. And I think I'm correct in saying that the Navy hasn't turned over all of the property yet and that, that there was some sort of holdup. How, can, can you comment on that, please? The, the Navy uh, does not transfer the, the property to China until they've completed their, their work in that area. And uh, they do still have additional work to complete in, in Site 12 uh, with the residential area. Um, so that, that work is uh, going to be delayed. Um, uh, we're still trying to uh, understand with the Navy how much longer they think it's going to take to complete their work. Um, and then the other thing that has emerged in the last year or so is that the Navy is undertaking an investigation of a, a classification or, or a family of chemicals that are referred to as PFOS. Um, and I apologize, but that, that stands for polyfloral something uh, <laughs> um, uh, chemicals. And um, those, uh, uh, on, in terms of on Treasure Island, those, those chemicals were historically used in, in uh, the, the foam that, that is used in firefighting. Um, so uh, the, the, they're investigating a number of locations, including the old fire training facility, which was uh, just west of the, of the existing tr sewage treatment plant. There's the new fire training facility at the end of 9th Street that people are familiar with. Before that was constructed, there was another fire, fire training facility before that. And, and that, that location is the, uh, uh, the center of, of where the Navy is conducting its investigations. Um, but that, and that work uh, will be ongoing uh, uh, for, for some time to determine to what extent those chemicals are, are located here. I'm sure then they're reporting back to the public on a reasonable timeline. Yeah, they, they continue to host their quarterly restoration advisory board meetings. Um, but I am also speaking with them about coming back and giving a, an update to the TIDA board as well. So that's something I'm going to try and schedule for a future TIDA board meeting. Oh, great. Thank you. And one thing I, I don't think you mentioned, but definitely oh, it's in communications. Uh, regarding parking, and which has been a pretty big issue for a lot of the neighbors. And, and the, the information that was put forward, is, is that sort of the final final on the rules regarding parking? Um, well, the, the memorandum that was included in the, the communication section um, uh includes a, a, a parking agreement uh that was adopted by all of the housing providers 
in 2016. So that's been the, uh, the, the uniform parking policy across all housing providers for the last six years or so. Um, uh, and uh, lost you, Bob. Lost Bob. Okay, I think that he's trying to get back. Yeah, the uh, connection again, WebEx. Anyway, one more. This is the last meeting, right? I think all of the housing providers uh, kind of read. Oh, lost him again. We, we keep losing you. Um, Are we all on the island? Bob, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we can't hear you. Okay, can, can, you, can you see me again or hear me now? Now we can see you. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I'll I'll turn off my my video just in case I have an unstable connection or or something. Um, but uh, uh, I was saying that the the uh, the policy that was included in the board package, um, or the parking agreement that was included in in the board package is is the current uh, agreement that's being used by all of the housing providers at this time. I see. And so that's on everybody's lease, um, regardless of who they're affiliated with. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a uniform uh, for all of the housing providers. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Bob. Sure. Thank you. Uh, okay. Do you have anything else, Bob? Yes. Oh, no, Bob. Oh, wait. Um, okay. <laughs> then, Linda, go ahead. Yes, please. And, um, Thank you for that presentation, uh, Director Beck. Fundamental issue here on the uh, South Gate. So glad. So we're looking at February. What about the land ownership? I mean, that area who uh, have we resolved any matter concerning the ownership transfer of that property? Secondly, I know that you were on the Board of Supervisors yesterday for that bond. Uh, so how did that go? Um, Those are my questions. Yeah, uh, I, yesterday's item was was approved uh, at the Board of Supervisors, um, and uh, the land transfer from the Coast Guard to uh, to Tida, um, it 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 includes uh, review by by uh, the State of California, um, and that review is not yet complete. Um, so, uh, just the, the drafting of the deeds we, we think is may take beyond, uh, the date when we would otherwise be able to open the roadway. And so, uh, if that, if that is the case, then we may enter into a license or an easement between the Coast Guard and Tida in order to open the, 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 the roadway. Uh, before the, the land transfer is complete. Yeah, please keep us because that's a major item. So yeah. um, I think we need to be uh, aware involved in that. So it doesn't, yeah, I'm glad I brought that up. So definitely a point of um, item of interest. Thank you. Sure. And um, 
Let's see. I, I see that Shiante is on the line too. Um, was there a report from the Y? That... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to report what, what, what's been going on over here. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Go, yes. Hi, Shiante. I just want to go through Bob's list. Um, yeah, okay. uh, I, I, she wasn't here when I, uh, the beginning of my report, um, but, or at least I, I, I didn't see her. Uh, but yeah, I did mean to invite Shiante to, to Thank say. Thank you, Shiante. You can, you can um, give a brief report to the board. A brief report is that uh, we updated our facility site. We have a bunch of brand new equipment in the, in the facility and we've changed the lights out. So we no longer have that yellow looking light. We have regular bright lights. And in the gym side, we have uh, brand new equipment and more machines that'll be um, to provide more access to more people to come in and work out within the facility. So that side is going really well. Uh, for the youth side, we, we have, um, we did some winter camp. We had 40 kids all from the island uh, show up for camp, which is a really high number for one of our winter programs. We we uh, still gave them annual um, Christmas gifts from the YMCA. And then we, we did this thing this year where we actually partnered with Good Tidings. We had uh, the parent council and Director Breston come down and we had one of our, don our board members from the YMCA donate a bunch of clothing to where we did a really good like holiday uh, gift giveaway type of thing where families were able to come in. They were able to get some toys, they were able to get some clothing and they were able to get some shoes. Um, and that was really, that was a really impactful thing. A lot of families got a lot of extra gifts or some things that they wouldn't have been able to get um, if not for the donations. And then um, we have some exciting stuff coming up on the month of January that I can save to share for, for next month. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Um, okay, and I think we'll open it up to public comment now on the um, director's report. There is no public comment. Okay, thank you. Um, next item, please. Item number five, communications from and received by TIDA. Are there any questions by the board on communications that have been received? Okay, seeing none, was there any public comment on this? There is no public comment. Okay. So next item, please. Item number six, ongoing business by board of directors. Okay. Um, do board members have any um, comments on this item? Can, can I just say, um, and this will be covered hopefully in the budget and also in Bob's presentation about the year past and year going forward. But I think the focus, um, certainly for me, um, will be for this year is to make sure that we've got the organizational structure, the budget um, for maintenance and operations and programming of these parts that will come to us. Um, and um, it's really important, I think, to be able to have a, a system and a plan and a budget to manage these parks well. Um, so that is uh, an item which I am going to be forceful about this year, that we need to get that structure and get that plan together. Um, so and I, yeah. Commissioner, yeah. yes, it's also I was deferring that we were on the same wavelength. I was deferring that to the budget. It is also a high 
item for me and I have prepared uh, some questions to that regard, so. Thank you. Um, so Thank you. was there um, any other comments or public comment? Um, I have it's a- Mike, go ahead. I hope it's uh, appropriate at this time, but uh, because of the you know incredible storms, you know, 50 year, 100 year storms, has there been any permanent damage that's been seen yet, or are we still holding out pretty well? Uh, I think that that's something that Bob should address. Um, I believe in his director's report, there was some damage, um, but I think we fared pretty well overall. It, it, that's sort of what I got. So I just wanted to focus it a little more on sort of permanent costly damage. And it doesn't seem like that. So thank you. All right. Um, so hearing no comments. Um, um, I got a comment, but it's more in, I just wanted to say that I was very impressed over the holidays with the YMCA and One Treasure Island. Their program was really comprehensive in a practical way. One Treasure Island with the gift cards was a really good idea because they offered groceries as well as, you know, for gifts. And Shiante, I love the way that you guys had it set up on there. I like the fact that everybody got clothes as well as the practical items that you had. And I would just really love to see more of that kind of organizing, like with all of our agencies when it comes to, you know, I like the way that you attack the, the address, the practical side of it. So I just wanted to put that out there. I really like the way that the holidays were organized for the residents this year. Thank you. Thank you for that, LaShondra. Okay. Um, so then we'll go on to, if there's no other comments, we'll go on to the next item, please. Item number seven, consent agenda. 7A, approving the minutes of the November 2022 meeting. 7B, resolution approving the Treasure Island Development Authority Board of Directors regular meeting schedule for 2023. 7C, resolution approving and authorizing the execution of a Fourth Amendment to Professional Service Agreement between TIDA and Associated Right-of-Way Services, retroactive to January 1st, 2023, extending the term of the agreement through March 31st, 2023. Resolution 7D, resolution approving and authorizing the execution of a memorandum of agreement between TIDA and SFCTA to provide funding of $3,505,000 for the Yerba Buena Island Westside Bridges Seismic Retrofit Project. 7E, resolution approving and endorsing an option to lease agreement between TIDA and Mercy Housing California, providing an option with a term of three years with an extension option of six months to lease a portion of parcel E1.2 for the development of low-income housing. 7F, resolution approving and authorizing the execution of a First Amendment to the Professional Service Agreement between Taida and One Treasure Island to increase the annual scope of services and not to exceed contract amount for fiscal year 2022 through 2023. 7G, resolution approving and authorizing the execution of lease number 1480 with affordable self-storage for approximately 185,000 square feet of land located on Avenue E between 9th and 11th streets, Treasure Island. So moved. Second. 
Okay, it's moved and seconded, but before we take action, are there any matters um, on this consent agenda that any board member would like to discuss separately? Okay, hearing none, um, we will we have a motion and a second to approve the consent agenda. So go um, go ahead and do the roll call. Do we need to take public comment at this point in time on the consent? Yes, there is no public comment. Okay, thank you. So I'll go ahead with the roll call. Yeah, Director Sen. Aye. Director Dunlop. Aye. Director Richardson. Aye. Director Preston. Director Preston. Aye. Director Preston. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that. There's no problem. There are four ayes. Okay. So then the ayes have it. And let me just say that um, item 7E of the consent agenda is something that we are very um, happy to support. Um, there was the, uh, it was presented before the um, infrastructure until um, committee last December because we did not have a full board meeting at that time. Um, but it is our first senior housing together with um, and, um, supportive housing that is going to be built on that site. And so it's very exciting to see that project start. So next item, please. Excuse me. Item number eight, resolution establishing an ad hoc nominating committee consisting of three members of the Treasure Island Development Authority Board of directors to nominate officers to serve one year term. Okay. So um, this is just something that we need to do housekeeping wise every year, and that is to elect the officers. But first, in order to be able to elect the officers, we have to nominate them as well. So we are establishing the ad hoc nominating committee, and I would like to have um, Mark Dunlop and Linda Richardson serve on that committee. Thank you. So um, could I have a motion to establish the ad hoc nominating committee and a second? I okay. move. Okay. 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 So I, it's been moved and seconded. So the resolution is before um, the committee as a whole, the, the, the commission as a whole. So it's been moved and seconded. Okay, I'll take a roll call. Director Sen. Aye. Director Dunlop. Aye. Director Richardson. Aye. Director Breston. Aye. Our four ayes. The ayes have it. Thank you. Next item. I'm number nine, looking back at 2022 and forward to 2023. Good directors, I'm, I'm back. Uh, I'm, I'm using my cell phone as a hotspot. So uh, I'm going to keep my video turned off and hope that I'm able to get through uh, these slides for you today. Oh. Terrific. We can see that, Bob. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, I, I think uh, uh, Director Sen at the top of the meeting mentioned that there's been a great deal of progress on the infrastructure side of things this year. And I'll go through uh, highlighting some of that uh, as well as a discussion of, of the progress on the parks as well as uh, the vertical development uh, side of things. So we're really at a transition point where we've completed a substantial amount of infrastructure work and, and now we're starting a substantial amount of, of residential development. On the infrastructure side, uh, these are a couple of images of, of some of the storm drain outfalls going in. So it gives you a sense of the scale of some of the infrastructure that's not visible to people visiting the island. Um, it, it really has been a significant undertaking and a substantial amount of work has been completed uh, by Treasure Island Community Development. Um, the new reservoirs on Yerba Buena Island are now supplying both Yerba Buena and Treasure Island with uh, water and that allowed the uh, developer to begin uh, uh, allowed the PUC to decommission the uh, uh, former Navy reservoir at the top of Yerba Buena Island and, and the developer to begin the de demolition of that to make way for the new uh, Western Hilltop Park area. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit further later on. Um, <clears throat> the wastewater treatment plant site, uh, the, the geotechnical improvement there was, was completed last year. Um, and the, the PUC is, is prepared to issue a notice to proceed uh, on the design build contract for the wastewater treatment plant tomorrow um, with uh, construction expected to begin later this being spring and take two and a half to three years to complete. Um, but that was a, a significant step forward. Um, the, the existing wastewater treatment plant has uh, long been seen as, as one of the, the more vulnerable pieces of, of infrastructure on the island. And uh, to be beginning construction to retire that old plant is, is a big milestone for us. And again, just where that new plant will be constructed between the existing treatment plant and the fire training academy um, behind the ship shape, uh, that, that work should be beginning construction later this year. Uh, this is an, an older uh, image from last summer showing uh, an aerial of the roadways at the front of the island um, <clears throat> where the, the um, uh, taking shape in the, what we call the sub two areas substantially complete. Um, out there today, the, the shared public ways are being constructed. Bob, we've lost you. Hello, Bob. Let's see. Kate, are you able to check in with Bob? Yes. Texting with him. That's the core campus and uh, the Maceo May Apartments. Department of Parking and Traffic uh, and things are preparing uh, to be go into use. And we do anticipate that I mentioned the 
the determination of completeness that that Tida developer and public works staff is working on. Um, that uh, um, we expect that to be finalized later this month, <clears throat> so that uh, these roadways can be put into service. Um, when they when they do traffic coming to the island um, will come down the causeway and turn right onto Clipper Cove Boulevard and then left onto Seven Seas out to the residential neighborhood. And uh, traffic leaving the island will come uh, down Seven Seas again and use um, trade winds, what was formerly California, uh, to go uh, around building one. That'll allow the developer to complete uh, the revised sidewalk and curb line in front of building one. Uh, that'll also allow the the current Avenue of the Palms detour to be closed. And then that roadway will be torn out and the developer will begin the process of constructing the city side parks. Uh, this will also be important uh, for uh, Maseo May Apartments as that project nears completion um, and we'll want to have this roadway open uh, when, when that building is ready for occupancy. In addition to the roadway infrastructure, uh, there are a number of uh, sewage and stormwater pump stations, as well as uh, stormwater uh, gardens, stormwater management areas on, on YBI and TI. Here we see the, the stormwater gardens uh, on the east side of Yerba Buena Island near the Coast Guard entrance and on the, the western slope of Yerba Buena Island. Um, over the last couple of weeks, these, uh, these stormwater gardens have gotten a real test of, of their capacity and resilience. Um, okay, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and call in. Uh, I see that you're fine right now. I, I texted you when you had cut out, but for the last few minutes, you've been fine. Okay. Let, let me know if, if, if it becomes a problem, and I'll continue to use my computer to, to show the slides, but call in for my voice um, we, if, we, if I need to. We can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Now it's fine. Thank you, Bob. Yep. Um, so as, as infrastructure in stage... Uh, subphase one and subphase two areas nears completion. Uh, the, the geotechnical improvement in the subphase three area is in full swing. Um, the developer has been begun removing surcharge material from what is called the M block between building one and hangar two. Uh, and surcharge is in place along the length of trade winds, uh, uh, what was formerly California. That will be the first area uh, where they'll be focusing on developing new infrastructure because that's kind of the infrastructure backbone uh, connecting the current phases of development over to the east side of island where the natural gas supply, the electrical supply come to the island and also where the wastewater treatment plant is located. So there are a number of critical infrastructure connections that will be going into this roadway to connect the new areas of development with those critical sources, uh, sources of power uh, and, and gas, as well as uh, conveying sewage to the, new, to the existing and the future treatment plant. 
Um, you also see here uh, the two units uh, doing vibratory compaction um, in the subphase three area. And again, a, a kind of close up of that rig uh, doing vibratory compaction uh, in, in proximity to hangar three. Uh, we did demolish a number of buildings this year. Um, most recently, Building 99 uh, was demolished, which is the um, was the former Navy dry cleaning facility, um, as well as uh, facilities that were uh, across the street from the YMCA that have been demolished to make way for uh, some new soccer fields. Um, in in 2023, 20, uh, the two primary areas of demolition will be Building 29, uh, which lies on Avenue H just to the south of the Life Learning Academy, as well as Building 540, um, which is the former Judge Advocate General's office uh, here on the base. Um, and uh, actually is this building right here in this geotechnical image. Um, also, uh, this, this year, we had a big uh, milestone with the launch of ferry service uh, on March 1st. Um, and uh, service has been, has been impacted by uh, uh, the weather uh, this, this week. Um, the crossing can be quite choppy when, when the wave action is high. Um, so there has been some impacts to ferry service, but for the most part, uh, service has been uh, uh, proceeding well. Um, on the, the roadways and ramp projects, um, I mentioned the eastbound um, I-80 uh, off-ramp and on-ramp interchange with Hillcrest and Southgate. Um, that's this project here, which will be a new eastbound off-ramp arriving to the island and connecting under the Bay Bridge to McCullough Road. Uh, as well as a connection um, along Hillcrest underneath the Bay Bridge to uh, the new on-ramp, westbound on-ramp. Uh, this project is uh, a critical milestone in the overall uh, circulation pattern on the island. And you can see here, um, the, the, the following photograph is taken kind of from this perspective looking down at the ramps going under the Bay Bridge. And you see here uh, kind of what, what that looks like with the, the new exit ramp coming down and circulating underneath this, this ramp and then merging with it to go underneath uh, the Bay Bridge. Uh, and then over on this side of, of this project uh, is the bike lane coming off of the east end of the Bay Bridge and going underneath uh, to connect to McCullough Road as well. So that project is nearing completion. And um, uh, as I said earlier, we hope uh, we'll be able to be opened in February. Uh, that will make way for the, the transportation authority to move forward with uh, the West Side Bridges project, which will replace these um, structures on the west side of Yerba Buena Island. Um, with new uh, structures and, and a new structural undercrossing for traffic coming to the island from, from San Francisco. Um, that, that project will require 
this entire roadway segment to be cl closed. And I'll show you in a couple of slides how traffic will be detoured in the interim. We also have funds to design and construct some improvements to widen this portion of Hillcrest Road between the two projects. And the CTA will be working uh, to design that project and will uh, our target is to uh, proceed with that construction um, in, a, in a manner that allows us to, to also construct that during uh, the same detour period um, uh, or at the tail end of the detour period that, that enables the construction of West Side Bridges. So this is the, the current circulation um, on Treasure Island. Um, and uh, with the closure of the West Side Bridges, this is how traffic will, will be circulating. The, the current off-ramp coming from San Francisco will be clear, closed, and the new off-ramp into the, the Southgate project area will be opened uh, and cars will be able to come underneath the Bay Bridge to McCullough Road, which will be two-way traffic down to the island. Um, traffic leaving the island um, and going to the city will go up McCullough Road and use the new on-ramp uh, the 2000, new in 2016 um, on ramp into San Francisco and traffic headed to the East Bay will use this yellow detour up and over the top of the island uh, to reach the eastbound on ramp and, and head to the East Bay. Um, also wanted to mention, give an update on the Treasure Island Marina. Um, the, this again is a, a separate uh, development from the, the main development by Treasure Island Community Development. The, the marina developmenter is Treasure Island Enterprise. Um, and we entered into a lease with them in 2019. Uh, their progress has been impacted somewhat by COVID, uh, but they uh, are finalizing their permit application with BCDC uh, and expect to file that this month. I, I actually had some communications from Treasure Island Enterprises this morning uh, as, as they prepare that package for submission. Moving to parks and open space. Um, this is uh, actually a Caltrans facility. This is the, this was the, the foundation for the last pier of the, uh, the original Eastern span of the, of the Bay Bridge. Um, rather than demolishing that, that uh, foundation in its entirety, Caltrans constructed a pier out to it to create a public access feature on the, on the eastern side of Yerba Buena Island. Um, this is a Caltrans uh, facility, but we have entered into an, an uh, MOU with them under which TIDA operates it and maintains it, uh, and the Bay Area Toll Authority reimburses us for those expenses. So this is something that TIDA is managing, even though it's like a Caltrans asset. And uh, this was opened uh, at the beginning of April of this year. The, the first of the TICD developed parks is the Boulders Dog Park. Um, this is uh, substantially completed on Yerba Buena Island, and it is going through the same uh, determination of completion inspection process with Public Works. 
uh, to document its completion so that um, uh, when we are ready and we, we also have access uh, to the site um, that we'll, we'll uh, open that to the public. On uh, what, we've, what we use, commonly refer to as Hilltop Park, uh, at the top of the hill, that, that actually consists of, of a couple of different spaces. The eastern promontory is Signal Point, and um, that has been developed. Uh, there's, there's seating just below the lip of this plaza at, at that uh, eastern promontory. Um, has tremendous views out to the bay and even to the western hilltop park. This is the the highest point on Yerba Buena Island, um, but the western hilltop park, uh, in many ways, is is more dramatic. Uh, it's a little closer to the city and and has direct and unobstructed views out towards the the Golden Gate and Alcatraz uh, and so forth. Um, the wall that you see here is a portion of the wall of the historical reservoir that was located here. And that reservoir has been de demolished and cut down to this level now. Uh, this ADA access ramp up to the plaza uh, has been poured. And so this, this construction is well underway. Um, and uh, the art piece here that's planned for this plaza um, is uh, being fabricated in Japan. Uh, the artist is uh, Hiroshi Sujimoto. Um, and there's a photograph here uh, of, a, of, a, of a dry fit of uh, that sculpture uh, in advance of its shipment uh, uh, to the United States. And um, that should be shipped over this spring and, and erected in the plaza as it is constructed uh, late this spring into the summer. Um, Director Sen can can provide uh, more of an update on on that piece, having been able to to see it herself in person. You know, it's it's going oh. to be a tremendous addition to that park and to Yuba Boyan Island. Since it's seventy feet tall, uh, we're going to be able to see it from a distance. But how exciting it is that that's coming to us. Thank you, Bob. Sure. Um, with the reconstruction of, of the causeway, there has also been improved access constructed down to the Clipper Cove Beach. So we now have uh, an ADA uh, compliant um, ramp that extends down to the beach from uh, the causeway um, with additional seating and, and other uh, improvements uh, to, to make to, to, to further activate uh, the space at the beach. Um, with the removal of the, the detour along Avenue of the Palms, the developer will also start construction of the cultural park around the chapel, as well as the first two blocks of, of City Side Park. Uh, and so that work uh, should be getting, beginning this summer. Um, and and be a, a significant next step in in the development of the the phase one and uh, subphase one and subphase two parks. Moving to divert to vertical development, um, 
uh, I think directors are all familiar that that the Bristol uh, received its TCO in in April, and move-ins began in June. Um, it's a 124-unit condominium building uh, with 14 inclusionary units, um, and construction has started uh, just to the west of the Bristol. Uh, are these flats and townhomes. Uh, and then on the other side of, of Signal Point uh, here is where what we call the 3Y parcel uh, townhomes will be constructed. Um, so the, the, the site grading has been completed there and, and the construction of those units should start shortly. Um, down on Treasure Island, uh, the, the Maceo May Apartments uh, being constructed by CCDC and Swords to Plowshares is nearing completion. Um, we are working with DBI and Public Works and the developer uh, and the PUC and utility companies to uh, secure TCO, uh, temporary certificate of occupancy for this building uh, at the end of this month um, with the intention of, of beginning uh, move-ins, uh, lease up and move-ins of the building uh, in February. And this will transition, our current storage of plowshares uh, residents will be transitioning into, into units in, in this building. Um, Starview Court, uh, as we discussed, uh, broke ground in July and uh, occupancy of this building is expected in, in mid-2024. Uh, this will provide replacement housing for all of our Catholic Charities households on the island, as well as providing uh, some initial transition units for um, uh, qualified residents of, of the villages. Um, this photograph's about a month old. And today, uh, there's there's an additional level of uh, that has been completed on the building. So these columns that are rebar here are now concrete and the slab of the second level is going in to complete the, the podium level of the structure. Um, the uh, title house has also made significant progress. They're now working on the fourth level of, of this building. This will be um, what is called a type one construction. So this will be a concrete construction all the way up. Um, this is a, a 240 foot tower with 250 uh, residential units. It will be a rental property uh, and but good progress is, is being made on, on this site. Um, just to the west of that is the Hawkins, uh, another rental prop property with 178 units. Um, they were successfully able to uh, complete uh, the first pour of concrete uh, in the excavation of this building. So even though rains have set in, they're able to dewater that pit uh, and and uh, are putting in the rebar for the foundation slab of, of the building. Um, excavation has also begun at, at uh, what was parcel C 3.4, which is, is where the portico is being developed. This is uh, a condominium building here on Yerba Buena Island. I'm sorry, on Treasure Island, 149 units 
Um, and again, the, the excavation of, of the below grade uh, level is, is underway there. And then we do have two additional uh, buildings that are uh, through the permitting building permitting process and we expect to break ground in the next six months. And that includes the parcel immediately behind the administration building, building one. Um, this is a, again, another rental building, um, but we'll have a, a lot of important ground level retail as part of uh, that retail corridor that, that extends from the ferry terminal to, to hangar two. Um, and then uh, just to the north of Tidal House uh, is another condominium building, uh, 83 units that, that is expected to break ground um, in the middle of next year as well. So that by the end of 2024, um, we expect to have a, a total of 982 new units completed on the, on the island. I mentioned during my uh, uh, comments that that uh, E1.2 would be going to Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development's uh, loan committee for, um, and that's this parcel here, just just north of, of Hangar Three, to loan committee for pre-development funding uh, on the 20th, and there's actually two buildings that are planned to be developed on this site. The first would accommodate all of HealthRite 360's existing programs from the island, uh, but would also provide additional space for uh, treatment and transitional housing programs that would be managed by the Department of Public Health. Um, and then in addition to, to that treatment and transitional housing space, uh, we would have room for 100 uh, studio and one bedroom units. Um, uh, and so based on that size, uh, we're, we're intending the, to develop those as senior housing. And on today's consent agenda was uh, the option to ground lease for that senior housing site so that Mercy Housing, whom will be developing this, uh, can pursue a grant application uh, for a, a a portion of the funding to construct that building. Um, and so the buildings that I mentioned uh, are, are shown here. Uh, this is the Tidal House, uh, uh, Hawkins, um, the um, Portico, uh, the, the, the development at B1 and, and the development at C2.3. Um, back here is Maceo May, and this is where Starview Court is. So the majority of the buildings depicted here should be completed uh, by the end of 2024 or early 2025. So that um, along with the, the first uh, two blocks of City Side Park, so this neighborhood um, will should really be taking shape in a meaningful way over the next two years. Uh, and that concludes my my presentation for today, but happy to take any questions that directors may have. Bob, um, thank you so much for that summary. Um, it's just amazing uh, what has been done in these in this last year. I think last year was truly a transitional year 
when we got a lot of the infrastructure done and, and all of the major milestones. And so kudos to you, kudos to the staff um, and to our development partners at TICD. Um, we look forward to actually having these next two years see more housing being built, more parks and open space coming along. So thank you very much for that report. And I will open it up to the commissioners. Um, I see, Mark, that you have your hand up, and then Linda as well. So go ahead. Thank you very much. And thank you, Bob. This is such, it gives me such a great feeling, and I'm sure every member and staff uh, to see the progress that's going forward when at one time, uh, you know, people thought oh, Treasure Island was never going to happen and or become a casino. But I think this is so great. And your presentation was really wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this coming year, the year after. I bonding be, because of the um, sort of downswing now on building is is that going to affect us at all in our growth or our plan for um 20 23 and 24 yeah um we we uh um in terms of the public financing side of things um we do we do issue debt against future property tax revenues um our last issuance of debt, uh, I believe we completed in, in late August, early September. Um, and it was just at the time period when interest rates were starting to be, be raised by the Fed. Um, but we were, we were still able to secure uh, uh, pretty favorable financing on that debt issuance. Our next debt issuance under the CFD is not planned until early June, and the next debt issuance under the IRFD uh, until I'm, I'm sorry until early this summer, and the and the next debt issuance under the IRFD not expected until the fall. Um, if interest rates stay at the levels that they're at uh, or are raised, um, that'll impact our cost of borrowing and so that debt issuance will will not return as much capital uh to reimburse the developer as as uh as we might have hoped or projected but we will we will still issue that debt and and uh and provide uh whatever reimbursements we can uh to the developer for completed infrastructure um so that they can then reinvest those dollars into additional infrastructure um on the uh um the vertical development financing and the financing of of addition of individual buildings um these projects that that have broken ground um and uh are are slated to break ground um uh, they're, they're the ones that are broken ground, their financing is in place and secured. Uh, so we expect those those projects to continue to move forward. I did mention that uh, uh, two of the, the three buildings that have broken ground 
uh, market rate buildings that have broken around so far on Treasure Island are, are rental properties rather than condominiums. So that, uh, um, you know, while the, the market still need, we still need to understand where the market is going. Um, uh, at least the people that would be moving into those would not need to be, would be, you know, entering into lease agreements. They wouldn't be taking out mortgages uh, to, to buy condominiums. So we're, we're hopeful that that uh, continues to, to forecast well for those properties as well. Okay, thank you. Okay, and Linda, did you have a yes. question or comment? Yes, please. I have a comment and I wanna echo um, Commissioner Dunlop and Commissioner Shen. That was a very stellar presentation for Director uh, Bob Beck. And uh, what I would like to suggest is that um, this entire presentation, we like to, I would like to suggest uh, the infrastructure transportation that we repeat that. In 2023, uh, we're gonna make sure that we take some of this high level presentation so people can get uh, an EDEC or even a glimpse as to the remarkable work that is being done here. And I know that um, Commissioner Shen thanked the staff and I concur and our partners also want to thank you too, Commissioner Shen, for your leadership uh, embarking on this comprehensive, complex development in uh, the history of San Francisco. I, we need to let people remind them that this that we have already won a Leeds Platinum and that there's projects that the director just highlighted and the infrastructure are on the world radar, not just in the U.S., there are people that are following what we are doing now um, from the universities, from Stanford, UC Berkeley, and all over on what we are doing here. So we know what we are doing. We are building a whole community from the ground. And so this is very impressive. What I would like to suggest also here is that, um, you know, we have the land, all we need is financing, and they also need to remind that our mode of financing, the IRFD, is actually setting a precedent to help San Francisco uh, to be able to meet uh, a housing obligation. So we started first, and the Board of Supervisors have been generous, and, and the mayor, in making sure that we are on, on the schedule uh, to do that. Uh, on the housing, the, and I would, um, again, for further discussions, you mentioned by 2024, we will be probably have 982. We suspect that some of those will be earmarked towards the transition of housing. And I like the idea that some of the uh, housing coming on board are rental property. Yes, because we are responding to the market. And so, again, Everything is cyclical when we get to a point where it is safe to go into condominium or home ownership, we would definitely, we have the flexibility to reflect those. So in a nutshell, again, um, this is works in, prog in progress, but I think that uh, those, there are a lot of people that are interested 
in this development and they are not even aware of the brilliant uh, summaries that you have just given today. So in 2023, we were going to work with you, um, Mr. Beck. I think it's due, long overdue for us to invite, maybe sometimes this year before this summer or maybe during the summer, uh, invite interested parties from the city, from everywhere. And so we can continue to update and get the support that we need. So thank you. Okay. Thank you, Linda. Um, are there any other comments from commissioners? Okay. Uh, hearing none, are there public comments? There is no public comment. Okay. And then Bob, um, just noting that uh, our, our oversight is really for the affordable housing and for the parks and open space, the public realm. And so it's cause for celebration when those um, housing projects, when those parks are opened. Um, and so I see that two are coming up. Maceo May has, is finishing construction um, actually soon. And so I think uh, we need to celebrate the first affordable housing project um, to be built on Treasure Island and we should celebrate it well. Um, and then the other thing is the hilltop parks and especially that sculpture, that incredible sculpture, sculpture from Subimoto is coming um, to, to us sometime in the late spring, early summer. And we need to plan for an appropriate celebration because people will see it on that hillside and they will wonder and they will want to come and see it. And so we should have an appropriate, um, again, dedication ceremony. So those two things, um, I would like to see that we uh, start planning those uh, dedications and um, invite the public to those dedications as well. Yeah, there, there. I um, CCDC is is working on on. Um, planning logistics with the mayor's office for a, a ribbon cutting event um, for the Maceo May apartments. We're also in conversation with them uh, about uh, potentially making some tours available to other residents of the island um, that, that may be interested in seeing what the new housing looks like before uh, people start to move into it. So um, we, we uh, should have additional information forthcoming on, uh, like I said, a ribbon cutting event at some point, but also uh, hope to have some opportunities for current residents of the island to uh, get a glimpse of, of what that building looks like before people begin to move in. Great, thank you. Okay, um, is there any public comment on this item? There's no public comment. Hearing none, let's go to the next item, which is the budget presentation. So I see that it's 2.45 now, and um, we have um, about 20 minutes for this. And suggest, could you just, um, I mean, you know, to maybe we devote some things to questions. Um, I presume that everyone uh, the commission has had opportunity to digest the budget. So for the time that we have, so we can have leave some time for questions. Well, so 
I, I think Jamie, are you, let's see, is Jamie on? Yes, Jamie's yeah. going to make the presentation. So um, go ahead, Jamie, and uh, and certainly I'm sure that commissioners will have uh, some questions for you as well. Great, thank you. And can you all hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Um, with, with that uh, time in mind, I'm, I'm happy to go through these slides quickly and, and um, leave some time for questions. Um, just uh, members of this board. Um, hi, Jamie Krubin, finance manager with TIDA. Um, starting off um, with the timeline for the budget, um, members have seen this before. It's just a reminder that this is the um, the first time we're presenting the full draft budget uh, to this board, and this board will have the opportunity to review and provide feedback ahead of the February 8th um, TIDA board meeting, which will, will serve as the final um, the final date to approve TIDA's uh, fiscal year 24 budget uh, that will allow us to um, communicate our budget to the city administrator's office who submits um, TIDA's budget as part of their full departmental budget um, in order to meet a mid-February deadline um, for submission in the mayor's budget office. Um, and this is also to allow the, the controller's office to post uh, the, the draft budget in March of this year. Uh, it's just to, to underscore that um, there really isn't an opportunity post to mid-February um, to make any major adjustments to this budget, So, um, which is why we're presenting it to you today. Um, the mayor's budget instructions, which I've shared with this board before, is really applicable to general fund departments. Um, TIDA being a non-general fund department um, uh, needs to balance within its own revenue projections, uh, but this is helpful to know the, the historical uh, or the, the context of budget planning for this year, given that there is a projected uh, $728 million deficit over the next two fiscal years. Um, a high level uh, snapshot of the fiscal year 24 and fiscal year 25 budget, we are required to present a two year um, fiscal year proposal. Um, more of these details are um, provided in the Exhibit A that I believe is in your packet, but for fiscal year 24, the current uh, proposed budget is approximately $48.8 million, and fiscal year 25 is approximately $52 million. Um, in terms of the organization of the budget, uh, like like prior year, um, the prior year, we presented this in a slight formatting change um, different from what we've seen um, in years prior, and that's to really organize the budget based off of what we call authority costs. Um, consider that tight as, you know, a traditional operating budget. Um, city costs is the costs that are isolated to specifically support the development. And then the third bucket is the subsidy budge, bucket um, budget. And this, these are specific costs that uh, are incurred as part of our budget, but are specifically tied to developer subsidies. So there, where there is an expense um, in this category, there is a subsidy uh, provided by the developer to offset that expense. As a reminder, the budget establishes an expenditure authority uh, for TIDA. So it sets a ceiling for what we can um, spend up to. But for example, in fiscal year 22, um, we, we hardly ever fully expend our appropriation. Um, and in fiscal year 22, expenditures were 6.7 million below the adopted budget or approximately 25%. Uh, this is to a reminder for the TIDA board um, and its members that uh, 
the reason why we organize our budget in a specific way is to really align with specific provisions uh, in the, the DDA. So for the authority costs uh, budget, uh, it's pursuant to section 19.6, uh, which says the developer shall reimburse uh, TIDA for any amount of, uh, by which the authority costs exceed uh, authority revenues. And so this essentially means uh, to the extent we have expenditures, um, but we don't have sufficient revenues, uh, TIC steps in to make a shortfall payment or what we refer to as an authority cost payment. Uh, for the city costs budget um, is pursuant to section 19.8, which essentially says, you know, all, uh, all city costs that are related specifically for development um, will be covered by the developer. And that is invoiced to the developer on a quarterly basis where we present city costs that have been incurred per quarter, and then they are invoiced. Um, and that revenue we receive from the developer directly offsets uh, this component of our budget. Um, as in terms of the annual budget process, uh, that is also delineated in section 19.2 of the uh, DDA where uh, we are required to present this draft budget and provide it to the developer uh, to offer a meet and confer um, uh, uh, meeting uh, to allow them to, you know, at least review the budget and, and provide questions. Um, and we have met with the uh, the. the TICD team, we have provided um, the draft budget and um, presented in, in the same way that this board sees today. And, and uh, they are currently reviewing uh, the budget over this month um, and we've offered uh, subsequent meetings if they have any additional questions. Uh, this slide just th shows a high, um, uh, high a snapshot um, of the revenues that we are assuming in the 24 proposed budget. Um, one thing to note, um, commercial revenues in prior year, fiscal year 22, actually remained pretty strong. Uh, we exceeded the budget that we had um, initially adopted for fiscal year 22. Um, and the trend is continuing to show the same for fiscal year 23. And so um, uh, we are showing a, a, a flat budget uh, for fiscal year 24. Um, with the assumption that we can we can um, keep that consistency uh, for for the next year. Um, however, on the residential leasing side, we are assuming a reduction in um, residential revenues, and that's primarily because of the um, expectation that certain units will come offline as transition units are completed and available. Uh, to note, um, we do expect a city cost uh, payment from PIC to cover shortfalls uh, of approximately 5.47 million. Uh, and that is, uh, again, to cover any shortfalls we expect uh, if we do fully expend our budget. Um, on the development side for the city cost budget, we anticipated $10.5 million reimbursement from TICD to cover direct development expenses. Uh, and then the overall subsidy budget, as we had previously shared, is approximately $21 million. Um, and this is a further breakdown by category of how the expenditure um, budget uh, looks both on the authority cost side um, as well as the city cost budget, um, primarily to support city departmental services um, and other payment obligations. 
Um, and then the subsidy budget here, just to highlight, this is actually a, a much larger increase than we saw uh, compared to prior year, fiscal year 22, um, as well as the adopted budget for 23. And that's primarily tied to, you'll see the $16.9 million figure related to housing development costs. Um, this is the first year we're actually reflecting um, the developer housing subsidy, which is a source of revenue that we can dedicate specifically for the development of affordable housing. And so um, with all of the vertical development that um, Director Beck had presented in the, in the prior item, um, this is a, that acceleration of development is what's allowing us to collect the subsidy and um, further utilize it for future development. Um, part of the growth uh, that you see in this proposed budget is tied to the developer housing subsidy, as I mentioned. Um, another component, which I'll talk about in a minute, is related to parks maintenance uh, for the new com newly completed parks. Uh, we anticipate supporting um, transitional housing related fees and costs, uh, whether in lieu payments or moving costs. Um, this budget also reflects a, a, a portion um, to dedicate to the Westside Bridges project to allow for a local match source to leverage um, other state and federal grants. And the budget assumes, um, you know, work order support from departments like Public Works and PUC, as well as other consultants uh, to help support the ongoing uh, development process. In terms of con contract services, um, the budget reflects uh, as-needed engineering services, transitional housing advisory services, uh, task force management support, certain environmental assessment studies, as well as a $250,000 allocation for park planning and operation support. Um, and that's um, a specific line item tied to um, wanting to engage a consultant on uh, future plans of parks governance and operations, um, given that uh, we have many parks coming online um, in the next couple of years. Uh, the proposed budget also continues to support uh, various community serving programs, which you'll see here. And then to touch base on the parks and open space um, operations and management budget, this was a question that came up um, at the ITC last month. And so this is a little bit more detail into uh, the line items in our proposed budget that are tied specifically to, to future parks and open space maintenance. Um, to give you a sense of uh, the process that has been undergone to date, uh, we've had um, several conversations with TACD on their timeline of when they anticipate certain parks and open spaces to reach completion. And so this, uh, what you see here is um, um, almost entirely all of YBI's um, uh, parks and open spaces are slated to be um, in operations in fiscal year 24, with the exception of the beach park in quarters 10, which will be fully operational, we believe, probably in the prior, um, in the next year. Um, on the T Treasure Island side, uh, Waterfront Plaza is the, um, based off of conversations with TICD, is the only um, parks that will be in operations for part of fiscal year 24 and for full operations in fiscal year uh, 25. 
Um, some of these figures you'll, uh, you see here were derived from a uh, study that uh, TIDG and TIDA underwent in early 2020 with MJM um, Consulting. And uh, they, through that exercise um, and through a, I believe an, it's called an operating manage and maintenance uh, plan, um, sort of delineated categories that they would see as what would constitute operations and maintenance. Uh, and then, so these figures here um, represent that scope of work in that study, but escalated to 24 and $25. Um, in terms of what scope of services uh, are included in these lines you see here on slide 12, uh, they include uh, materials and supplies, contractual services, primarily for landscape and janitorial services, certain life, uh, certain life, fire and safety uh, monitoring and testing, as well as additional services needed for ongoing um, operations and maintenance related to pest control, um, hardscape and stone replacement, electrical plumbing, artwork, uh, maintenance, as well as certain steam cleaning that they assumed would be necessary. Uh, it also includes utility costs uh, tied to the um, ongoing O&M of the projects, as well as management fees and a certain um, percentage of contingency. Um, and this is just a, a bring forward the budget timeline to uh, remind folks that we'll be back in February um, to, to this board for your final approval. Um, and we're working um, in concert with the city administrator's office to then load that budget um, that will get proposed in the mayor's budget uh, to the mayor's budget office. And that's all I have for you today. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Jamie. You always do such a great job in presenting the budget and very thorough. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I, I have a question before I open it up to the rest of the directors, um, and that is um, the budget has to be approved by our partners, which is TICD. Um, and I know that you've been um, having discussions with them, um, but we have to approve the budget by February 8th. Um, so will we get their comments back in time? for us to consider, you know, what their issues and comments and questions will be. <laughs> what, what is the schedule um, that you anticipate for that? So um, thank you for the question. Uh, we have presented the draft budget um, to, to TICD for their uh, review and comment. Um, I don't believe the DDA gives an explicit authority to, to approve or disprove. They can, however, contest um, and they can make that correspondence to the board. Um, you know, I anticipate uh, if they do have any um, significant um, issues with the budget uh, that we'd be informed over the next coming weeks. And we have offered, um, you know, they're in, they're in the current um, stage and phase of reviewing the budget. Um, and we have offered to meet with them again before the end of this month uh, to allow for any um, to highlight any issues they may have, you know, in order to avoid, you know, formally contesting the budget. Um, and, and Bob can, can probably step in. I, I'm not aware of any um, major issues that they've pointed to me thus far, but uh, we will be seeking, you know, their uh, confirmation that they 
agree with the budget before February 8th. Um, Bob, did you have any comments on that? Yeah, I think I think Jamie covered it. Um, you know, uh, we we presented the we we gave them the budget a couple of weeks ago. Um, there aren't many dramatic changes or surprises, so um, you know we we will uh, keep those lines of communication open and, and hopefully be able to bring you any feedback they have uh, when we bring the item back next month. Well, um, uh, certainly if there's any issues, because timeline's so short that you need um, my involvement with, I'm, I'm certainly willing to do that. But um, I, I don't want to um, have a surprise on February. And um, I know that there was um, some issues last year's um, budget process. So I hope all goes well. Thank you. Um, and I, uh, the other question that I have has to do with the parks and open space um, budget. But what I'd like to do is to open up to the other commissions and then if we can come back to the parks operations and maintenance budget. I have some questions about that. So, um, Mark or Linda? Linda. LaShonda. Yeah. Yeah. Linda, yes. Go ahead. Well, thanks so much again, now, Jamie, for your stellar presentation. I want to start my comments by just um, reminding everyone, again, us on the city side, that this is a public-private partnership. And specifically, when Commissioner Shen alluded to the, to the foremost, are we comparing and meeting with the obligations to, you know, sit down appropriately with the uh, developer? And you said you are. We also need to be mindful of the status of the economy in San Francisco and nationwide. It's a very challenging time economically. I know that of projects in San Francisco, significant projects, to the developers, there are so many things, uh, conversations going on. And even though we are not a general fund uh, revenue um, benefactor, we also need to look at our own side here. And what I'm giving this statement as a preamble is that we have expectations, but the expectations that we have are also going to be impacted by all these other things that we know about. And so we need to plan a budget to, to those contingency plan so that, I mean, the bigger picture for us is to be able to move uh, these projects along while we are trying to navigate uh, the uh, troubled waters. That's why we have caliber people on this commission to help to guide that. And I wanted to try to make sure here that my goal is to move this project forward and again, to be cognizant again, oblivious, you know, that we need to be oblivious of the circumstances. So we have the projected your drive for 48 million. And I think we are at a point in our development, uh, given that we actually, we are going to be having all this housing now gonna be online, the management of that. We actually look at the internal and the outsourcing, the ratio. I look at the 40, you know, I, you have particularly outlined all the expenditures. I'm looking at the equation and 
I would like, again, doesn't have to be answered here, and we, I think we've talked to uh, the director before, to really have an organization chart on the administrative side that, okay, this is where we are. This is where the obligation and the expectations are going to be. From 2023, what are the expectations for our own tighter administration? What kind of skill set? Do we need to bring on board the right now uh, for the permanent ownership of some of these projects now that are coming online? Uh, out of that is going to be, we talk about that. I hope that in 2023, we can have an outline and a timeline on when we are going to be dealing with the most asset that we are going to be having, which is the uh, parks, the maintenance and the management. This is beyond having uh, Rubicon forever. What are the plans? Does our budget reflect that we need to make those uh, significant milestones? So again, the organization chart. And I think by April, we need to kind of sit down privately, you know, with the staff, with Director Bob Beck, to kind of, you know, this is the time right now, put something uh, in place that we can really get a projection before we even anticipate for 2024. Right now, most of the professional services that we are, and you've outlined, uh, with some of the uh, significant agencies that we have. And I'm going to, one of them has to be with DP, uh, you know, W. Could you, Jamie, tell me here, I have a question with the task force. If you look at the chart of the expenditures um, that you have outlined, I know that a certain amount is earmarked towards the task force. But then I look at the exhibit that you have down the line for the total expectations for the DPW agency, I don't see, is that reflected? It seems to be like a double. In one, you outline the 7050K, but then when you drop down to the exhibit of the total, and I'm asking, why is that in the column? So you can just write that down when um, I have other questions, but I really wanted to know how um, it seems to me like a duplicate or something, but the outline, the breakdown of the services that we have for the DPW right now to review of maps and, you know, some of these infrastructure and plans were developed a long time ago. And so where are these substantial changes? So that's one. The other one has to do with the transitional housing. I'm looking at the breakdown that you have, for instance, the replacement housing consultant, and then you also have the early relocation and the moving piece. Are those three items performed by the same entities or, okay, could you just allude to where, um, how that needs to be? I understand we have a contract with MOJCD. In fact, uh, Commissioner Chen and I and some of the previous, uh, you know, uh, commissioners actually glad to have them on board. We lobby for that. We got that. Do we actually have, what about the expertise in-house for ourselves or for the housing? So these are just some of the um, questions uh, that I have. I, there are a lot to be out there, but for the sake of this meeting, a lot of the items that you have specified 
I think in 2023, it's a great time for us to go inward and trying to see, um, translate some of this data to see where we are. Because a rainy day of projections for next year may or may not be, even though we have some revenue or whatever, we still have to plan because of the uncertainty in the economy. So just please answer those uh, questions for me. Thank you, James. Sure. Um, and I can take note of those questions, uh, Director, and, and reach back out to you um, with, with clarifications. Um, I think to speak briefly about uh, the task force services as well as the public work services, those are those are not redundant line items, and so I can clarify that further. Um, in prior budgets, we had assumed a task force uh, allocation in the budget with the assumption that we bring on a consultant to help streamline some of the work that task force does, uh, in addition to funding. Uh, the direct public work services. We had not utilized that. Um, we had not hired on a consultant. So again, it's um, it's it's really to preserve the option to do that. Um, and then for the um, for the uh, developer uh, subsidy amount, um, you're correct in that the five hundred thousand dollar allocation is for the housing relocation consultant, which is different um, than the MoCD work order, which is approximately four hundred. Million, $400,000 for fiscal year 24. Um, they do two discrete sets of, of work and, and provide two discrete sets of services. Um, but I'm happy to provide more detail in a follow-up with you. And I would like for you also, it's time for us to get the up-to-date now that you we have you on board for the amount that Tyra has spent on the entire um, housing you know, relocation the TPRs. It's time for to have that record upfront for the public and for the commission. It started, I think, believe in 2011, and here we are right now, and we kept budgeting for that, and we have met the obligations and continue to do that. And we, we you should provide that figures and then the breakdown so that we have a, the baseline the figures up front. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Director Beck, do you have any response to the org, org um, request? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, we can provide you with um, updated information. Um, we can address some of the questions you raised via memo and, and others in our presentation next month. But um, the 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 task force services, professional services is, is really um, a, it gives us flexibility. Should any of the departments um, require supplemental staffing uh, in order to uh, meet project uh, requirements and objectives, that that's really what that budget allowance is, is intended for. The, the budgets for public works and for PUC support of the project is, is assume a level of staffing from those agencies. But uh, in some occasions, for instance, the inspection of the water tanks required uh, an inspector with, with specialized expertise um, beyond uh, what was available with in-house staff. And so we, uh, in that case, utilized an 
designated contractor to the Department of Public Works to bring on that special inspection. Um, so that that they're 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 meant to be complementary and and not not redundant. But we can we can provide additional information and additional illustration of of that. Um, you also uh, talked about the transitional housing programs, um, and there there are basically three line items there. One are our movement expenses when households are moving required to move from one building to another building. Um, and then uh, a, the uh, uh, a second uh, being uh, in lieu payments. If an if a, a, a eligible household moves off of the island, we did have uh, 15 people uh, or groups of individuals seek uh, in lieu payments in the last uh, fiscal year or last budget year. Um, and so there will be some amount of, of that uh, as well in the future. Um, and then the third is is uh, actual staff time to uh, interact with with households and answer questions and so forth. So there there again, there there's three components of an overall uh, group of, of services. And we will get the debt up to date on the 20 from 2011. Okay, so we'll be getting that um, for that explanation. Okay. okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Um, anybody else, Mike? Yes. You, um, yes. Go ahead. Thank you. A couple very quick questions. First question is: it, it seems like, and thank you so much for your time, Jamie. By the way, um, it seems like we've had. A few years where we have gone under budget, does that get allocated to us for the next year, or does that just kind of go back into the general fund? So we uh, we do an um, an annual budget process. So uh, to uh, I think to simply answer your question, it doesn't it doesn't move um, and carry on to the next year. So that there's like a, a buildup of available budget, we typically. Um, look at a single annual snapshot. So to the extent, um, for example, if in fiscal year 23, if there's a budget line item that we don't anticipate to use, it does not get carried forward to 24. Um, if we do intend to expend that in 24, we'd rebudget it as a fiscal year 24 budget. And that's really to, to keep the annual snapshots clear um, versus uh, building an accumulated balance um, in the future. I see. So we can't use our budget expertise to build a new luxury condo for the employees. Um, now, uh, I also, you mentioned that for the year 24, that there's, um, you're only budgeting for, I think, half a park. But I really thought that a couple of the parks are going to be fully active this year, 23. Is that, am I wrong? Did I miss something? Uh, so you're correct in that the fiscal year 24 budget assumes uh, it assumes actually full operation of all the parks uh, that are on slide 12, which I can reshare, with the exception of the waterfront plaza, which is anticipated to be complete um, actually about halfway through the fiscal year, which is why we're not including a full budget, a full year impact. Um, in terms of the parks that are current, um, really there's only 
one park, I think, the dog park on YBI, that would be applicable in terms of being completed this fiscal year 23. Um, uh, the, the city and TIDA is not scheduled to fully accept uh, the park, the dog park asset towards until towards the end of this fiscal year. Once that acceptance occurs is when TIDA from a budgetary standpoint would be required to take on the full cost of operating maintenance until that point in time. Um, it will um, it will be uh, covered by TICD. Um, I think to the extent that you know that acceptance happens a month or two before this current fiscal year ends, and Tida is responsible for maybe one month of operations maintenance, we can um, we can take care of that in our current budget through you know reallocation of costs. But it shouldn't be too too much of a budgetary impact for this fiscal year. I see. Well, thank you. So very clear. And I just if you can see behind me, this is from Hurricane Central on the <laughs> island. So I just wanted to give everybody a look what it's like here. Anyway, thanks. Thank you very much, Jamie. Um, let's see. The Chandra, did you have any questions? Or? Yes, I did. And maybe it's more directed towards Bob than it is Jamie. But when it comes to the part in the budget about the brokerage, the job broker program, does that just think, are we, these jobs just for the construction related work? The, the, the support to um, uh, One Treasure Island is for their management of the, uh, the job broker program for, for uh, construction related projects. Um, they do also uh, uh, assist with job placement on, um, you know, if, if other businesses on the island, uh, for instance, uh, Marseille or Araceli uh, were, were hiring um, employees, um, the uh, uh, One Treasure Island um, would also assist with those types of job placements. They, they just, th this job broker subsidy comes from the developer to One Treasure Island specifically to support um, construction related job placement. But One Treasure Island does have other programs that they manage for uh, job placement on the island. They're, they're just, they don't have funds that come to them from, from TIDA or the developer to support that work. And is there a chance that the developer may start to support other funding towards other jobs, such as administrative jobs that come along with the buildings, desk clerk jobs, things, you know, training in of that manner, and other work that will be associated with the redevelopment beyond the construction. Yeah, right. Right now, the 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 job broker funding is is focused on construction, but. Um, one Treasure Island is is undertaking other job placement uh, responsibilities as well. So I, I think that uh, I, I don't want to speak for them, but but uh, in terms, but th that that is part of what they see as part of their mission and part of their uh, larger fundraising and and program. So th that is something that they are working on and will continue to work on, but. Uh, it, it, support to that effort will, 
uh, or the support that is, is in our budget is, is likely to remain focused on construction. Okay. And then when it comes to the part about the, um, the daycare, I wanted to know as far as the funding over the last two years, there's been, they've been having understaffed issues for certain age groups. So will this budget figure in, is that part of it or is this just maintenance of the facility? Or is this, does this go towards the staffing also? Um, this is a conversation that we want to have with, with One Treasure Island and Catholic Charities because uh, the funding that we are providing should, they should be able, the, I, I don't believe that their staffing issues are funding related. Um, we, we would like to see better performance from the child care facility in staffing and in the number of stoop uh, in youth that they have in programs based on the funding they're already receiving. So this is this is a conversation that we will be having. And do we know how many that they actually have in program as far as, you know, the different age groups, the, the total number of children accessing the program on the island? Do we have a number? I don't have a current number. I, I can confirm that and, and, and let you know. Yeah, last time we checked, Bob, which was right before the holidays, they were at 16. And, you know, they're having trouble staffing, I think, as many places are right now um, because of sort of the great resignation and folks just, um, you know, not wanting to take certain positions. But the other thing, and they've always had an issue, is getting teachers to come to the island. The island is still sort of a mystery to a lot of folks off of Treasure Island. And so getting the teachers, uh, I know when I was at Catholic Charities, we spent a lot of time educating uh, potential staff on Treasure Island, so. Okay. And then as far as the youth programming, will that allow, does that funding allow for job training or is that something to take over one TI too? Um, we don't uh, currently have any youth job training programs, but yeah, something we would probably discuss with, with One Treasure Island. Yeah, and what I can say, LaShondra, to answer all of your questions, if I may, Bob, is that we are really um, um, taking, um, what's the word I want to say? We're trying to be aware of what training programs we need to do when. And so right now, as Bob said, because so much of it is in construction, we're focusing on our construction training program. But through our um, job broker program, um, we will, you know, we can do some other um, matching folks with employment. And if there is a need, for example, like you said, for a desk clerk training program, we would determine whether or not One Treasure Island is the best um, organization to provide that or we would try to partner with another organization that already does that um, um, right, you know, currently. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then finally, um, my questions are around the parks operations and maintenance budget. And I'm wondering, Jamie, if you can tell me the, um, the numbers that we have uh, in your um, operating and maintenance expenses, uh, where 
what is the um, background for these numbers? Where have these numbers come from? Uh, sure. So I, I'm not sure if you can see my screen where it has the slide 12 brought back up. And, and I don't think we have enough time to really go into detail on each yep. one of these line items. But generally, um, I'm, I'm wondering um, how these numbers were arrived at and whether you used um, basically the um, various budget exercises that we've done in the, in the past some of which I think was a decade old. Um, but I'm just wondering where are you getting these numbers in general? Yeah. Yep, so these numbers are specifically from the early 2020 MJM study that um, TIDA underwent with TICD. And um, uh, really for, for an effort to capture sort of the conversations that have been, that have had to taken to date. Um, you know, in terms of, I was not part of that study um, in early 2020. Um, so in terms of, um, I think, pro providing more information and feedback, I think, um, and Bob, I'll defer to you. I think we, we had anticipated that there may be some questions around this, the numbers and scope here. So um, if it's, if, um, if we can maybe schedule uh, another item at the sustainability committee to go through each line item, we're happy to do that. But to answer your question, it came from the early 2020 MGM study escalated to today's costs. I see, and and I don't recall that MGM study that was done. Um, I don't know, was that presented before the board? Uh, I'm not sure. We, um, we made a preliminary presentation of it in February of 2020. Um, but they did but, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and so um, I think it would, it's a great idea. We have a sustainability committee meeting that's scheduled uh, for this month. Um, but if we can, you know, have more information on that, if you don't mind um, sending again um, the original study. I think that 2020 study, if I recall, was also based on numbers that had been generated um, in in early, I would say 2011, um, about a decade ago, no. Um, but I would, would like to, to see that and have that you know, brought up to date. I, I am really concerned, I'm, I'm very alarmed actually, um, that we are, may not be prepared to accept these parts in open spaces as they get delivered. And I want to make sure that this year, what we're focusing on is having a plan for managing and maintaining um, these spaces, um, knowing what that organizational structure is going to be like, knowing what the staffing structure is going like, who is going to have the oversight on the horticulture and the operations and, and maintenance. I know we have a contract, which is, is, is good, um, with certain um, nonprofit um, uh, organizations such as Recon um, to be able to do maintenance, but that is not oversight. That is not an overall plan um, for the acceptance of the parts and operations. And I would suggest that we um, focus on this. Um, maybe we establish a committee 
um, which includes some board members, but also invite experts within the city and maybe even um, internationally um, to assist us in looking at um, what are the best practices, um, um, what's the best alternatives for us to be able to um, um, operate, maintain, and program these parks. Um, it's a great responsibility. You know, eventually it'll be 300 acres of open space and parks. Um, and we only get to do this once, the capital that is used to build these parks, we don't get that capital again. And so we must maintain what is, um, what is planted, what is, you know, already um, put into operations that has to be maintained. So um, I- How about this, the ad hoc committee? So it's, that is very important to underscore what uh, Commissioner Shine. So, but I'm ready to help out in the ad hoc, uh, make sure that we do this right. And, and I know Bob is very aware of this um, and he's working on this, but I, I think it's oftentimes when it's not urgent and it's more in the future or it's you know, something that is day to day um, in the future, it's oftentimes get overlooked. But I think this year is time to make sure that we come up with a plan and with the right budget and with the right support to do um, to be clear on how we're going to maintain these parts. Yes. So um, thank you. And um, I, I think that we, we can use um, next week's uh, committee to get more into detail um, and, and to hear more um, of what you would like to, um, how, how we might go. So is there any public comment on the budget items presentation? There is no public comment. Um, so hearing none, um, the next item is? Item number 11, discussion of future agenda items by directors. Um, I think that was my, my hope for a discussion of future agenda. Um, are there any others? Yes. Again, now to reiterate uh, what we just discussed that the parks and open space is going to be ongoing and we need to have a timeline as to when we we will know that we are really making you know progress. Okay, it's one of the items. And lastly, uh, for the adjournment, I will suggest that we adjourn this meeting, please, Commissioner Shen, um, in the memory of Latrice Miller. I will um, certainly take that suggestion, um, but um, will there any public comments on the discussion future agenda items? There's no public comment. Thank you. So then um, we will adjourn and uh, we'll do so as you've suggested. Thank you. Okay, well, take care everybody. <laughs> keep out of the storm <laughs> and um, keep well and safe. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.